What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome everybody to episode 77 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Sousa and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, it's Grant, master of the coach glare, Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Good, Phil. Um, I'm glad you gave me that nickname. Uh, I gotta ask you, you are a real coach. Oh yeah. Uh, in real life. Uh, have you ever done the coach glare? Mm, not really. Maybe once, but not intentionally. Yeah, I when they so we're referencing a scene that happens in uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and when they did that, I was like, I guess that's a thing. Like it probably is, like in professional sports. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I wasn't familiar with that, but it was really funny. Like we'll get to that later. We'll, um, I really like that scene a lot. Uh, we are talking about Mighty Ducks Game Changers and Cruella. Cruella is out. Uh, you can watch it on your Disney Plus service if you are willing to do the premiere access for thirty dollars. And uh, Grant and I got to see it in theaters, and we'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. Um, I was we were really th- thrilled to go back to a, like an actual real theater. Um, if you're just joining us for this podcast, this is a, this is an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, and Cruella and the finale of Mighty Ducks obviously is very popular right now. Uh, before we get into the main discussion of the episode, we'd like to do news of the week, though. And um, there were a couple stories that I sent you. I don't know if you want to do one of those or just something that you saw. Um, but what 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 was? I mean, we've only we recorded like four days ago, so in the last four days, you know, there's a limited amount of news, but uh, anything that jumped out to, out to you? Mm, I mean, not overly, really. Uh, I mean, the biggest news of the week, I would say, is, I mean, Cruella, what we're talking about, because it's basically the first time that Disney has a movie back in theaters. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say that's a huge win for Disney and the movie theaters. Yeah, let's, altogether. let's let's just talk about our, our theater, just theater experience right now. We won't get into spoilers on the movie uh, quite yet, just just in case people haven't seen it. But, um, uh, I mean, it was it was weird. First of all, being back in the theater, like just being there with without. I mean, we were at the Alamo, and like I mean, inside baseball for our area for Springfield, Missouri, like masks are off like they took away the, the mask ordinance here yep. um but not until the day after we saw the, it was like literally like four hours later mm-hmm. after we got after we left the movie theater they the mask ordinance got rescinded um but we were eating and drinking and stuff like that so like at the alamo they don't really require masks if you're just going to eat and drink yeah. the whole time so um we 
I, we were just sitting there in the theater without a mask and I didn't look to see how packed it was, but it just, it just felt weird to be there. Like mm-hmm. it's been so long. The new, the new normal has been don't go to places with lot big crowds. And if you do wear a mask and that yeah. wasn't the case. Yeah. And I mean, like from my experience, which I'll talk more in depth about what I thought about the movie, but I mean, for my taste, Cruella could have sucked. But it was just great to be back in the movie theater. I thought about it didn't it. really matter what you were seeing. Yeah, it just felt good to be back in the movie theater. I thought about that. I thought about you know uh, like serious critics of which Grant and I are not <laughs> part of that crowd. Um, like hopefully they can turn off their that part of their brain that that is just so excited to be back in the theater. You know if this is, if this is their first movie back. I mean some of them honestly haven't even seen this in theaters where yeah. they live because they live in you know, areas of the country that are still, you know, pretty locked down. But um, if, if a critic was coming back and this is their first movie in the theater, it's like you almost want to give it a great review just because you had such a good time being Mm -hmm. in a theater seat, watching it on a huge screen with awesome sounds and like how that you want to, obviously you don't want to be biased by that, but like it's going to influence your opinion. I, I thought about that. Like, like would we be higher on this movie having seen it this way than if we had just seen if the pandemic had never even happened, you yeah. know, we never left going, the, going to the theater every month. So, yeah. And I mean, I'd say kind of a, just a little future aspect. I would say that, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle with the movie. It wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't the worst thing either. Yeah. But I mean, and just, I mean, getting us excited for Black Widow. I mean, we watched that trailer before Cruella even happened. Yeah. And wow, that thing looks amazing. So that's one thing you don't get if you watch it on Disney Premiere Access yeah. is the trailers. Like that was one thing I was like, man, movie trailers. I mi- I kind of miss watching trailers. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can just pull it up on YouTube. Of but like, course. It, it's it is a different thing watching a trailer in a, on a big screen with huge yeah. sounds. Like it was awesome. So, I mean, I'd definitely say, and now that the mask ordinance has been lifted, I mean, I think it's safe to say that movies are back for now, yeah. at least. Yeah. So, that's something exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big deal for Disney because now they're making money in two different places. They're they're getting it from the theaters, yeah, and theaters mo- get most of the revenue in that first whatever a few weeks or whatever the the movies in theaters they get most of it. So um, so yeah, they're making m- money from the box office and then they're making movie or mon- making money off of the Disney Premiere Access as well. So it's interesting that they didn't want to launch with black widow. Like they're like, let's, let's reserve this until we're really, really ready for theaters on black widow. So that's why they pushed it back to July. But they they felt like Cruella would give them get a, enough return on investment that they were like, let's still go ahead with that in, yeah. in May. So, and I mean, it's one of those things where now, um, it used to be like when you would go and see a movie in the theaters, you'd be like, gosh, dang it. Now I have to wait three months before I can buy it. But now, with Disney Plus and HBO Max, you literally can go and buy that movie and keep watching it for set amount of time. Yeah, immediately. It's a little more expensive than you know, like if you buy the Blu-ray, it's probably twenty yeah. bucks or whatever. So yeah, it's it's thirty, um, and you have to keep your subscription going, but you get to watch it instantly, and you can watch it as much as you want um, exactly over the next three months. So and then, I mean, not to 
to HBO Max as Horn, but then you only have to pay 15 bucks for that month and you can watch it as many times as you want to. So during that month, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, I mean, times are a changing for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a new world and honestly it's a, it's a world that I I hope continues to exist. Like we'll we'll see if Disney keeps doing premier access or not. Like 6 months from now, you know, the pandemic is dead dead. Like I mean, there's no cases anymore and they don't need to do premiere access anymore. Um, I wonder if they continue doing it. My hope yeah. is that they do. Like, I mean, I if they see that the numbers are about what they want to see, um, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why they would want to pull it. Um, you know, it, really premiere access comes, the, the future of premiere access comes down to, can they make enough money? Are, the money that they're seeing pr- from premiere, is that coming from people who wouldn't have gone to the theater anyways? Because then that's just gravy on top, right? Like yeah. you, you still make your incredible box office 600 million or whatever, and then you just have gravy on top of it. Premier Access just adds to that number. Mm-hmm. Or if they see that it's a split, you know, people are not going to the theater and only watching on Premiere and they're losing money there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. Uh, a couple news stories that I saw, they're both kind of Marvel related. Um, one is that, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, I'm really sorry, but um, Denai Guerrera is, I'm going to go with that, okay. um, yeah. is the actress that plays, um, is it Okoye? Yeah. Okoye. Yeah. Um, and she's one of the, um, uh, oh, what are they called? The... The really awesome like uh, women fighters from <laughs> Wakanda. Yeah. We saw them in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, she is the the. I think it's officially announced. I think is what they. Yeah, I think they came out and mm-hmm. actually said it. Yeah, she's getting her own spinoff series on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, didn't see that coming. Um, that's awesome. Like I I want to know more about just Wakanda in general, and mm-hmm. then like her whole like you know league of women fighters and stuff like that like they were super awesome in the falcon and the winter soldier and they were cursory like they just kind of came in on the periphery of the plot and then kind of inserted themselves on a couple like really cool fight scenes and some tense moments yeah uh like with um um baron nemo God, or I, zemo zemo yeah my uh or nemo yeah uh, my my brain is failing me today sorry um but yeah, um, she's going to be in Wakanda Forever, the the new movie that's coming out. But I'm assuming this maybe comes on the heels of that or maybe right before it. I don't know how they're going to do that. But yeah, it's cool that we're going to get... I mean, it's almost certainly going to come next year. But mm-hmm. like <clears throat> into next year, we're getting more content that's new. And um, I think that Akoye series will actually be really good. So... And then the other one was, um, it had been long rumored, but it's like officially confirmed now that um, Oscar Isaac, who plays um, uh, Poe Dameron in uh, the recent Star Wars movies, is uh, officially confirmed as the Moon Knight. And that's going to be a uh, Disney Plus series uh, coming out. So... um, so that that's cool. I, I like him as an actor and mm-hmm. like I know the rumors were like, you know, like, oh, it could be him or whatever, but like I, I try not to get too hyped up until it's actually confirmed. And so like when they actually confirm that yes, he is gonna be the the cat um the titular role in the Moon Knight uh series, uh I got pretty excited about that. So Moon Knight is a character that I know a little bit about, like as far as like his skills and abilities and stuff like that, but I've never like I've seen him 
like as like a guest character on like a couple animated series mm-hmm. and I've never read any of the comics and I honestly don't even know a lot of people who have. So I'm, those are the ones that I get the most excited about. Like it's the guardians of the galaxy type yeah. characters that I'm like, cool. Like, wow me, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like make me fall in love with this character. That I don't know anything about. And I think Oscar Isaac is definitely the one to do that. So yeah, a couple, couple new uh, Marvel tidbits there. Okay, um, let's get into the topics for today. Well, um, I, I'm going to assume you want to talk about Game Changers first. Yeah, sure. Let's <laughs> that's go what, with that. That's what I would like to talk about too. Uh, we're going to talk about Cruella as well, but that's going to be on the second half of the show. Uh, we are going to do full spoilers for Mighty Ducks Game Changers and Cruella. So uh, if you've not seen Cruella, and I mean, you've, it's only been out for a couple days. So mm-hmm. um, by the time you hear this, you know you may not have had time to either go to the theater to see it or uh, watch it on Disney Premier Access uh, for thirty bucks. So um, you know we're we'll, I'll give you another you know, hey, here's we're going into spoiler town on this movie when we get there. But just be aware of that, that we are going to do full, full spoilers on both of these things. So um, let's talk about the finale of Mighty Ducks Game Changers, episode 10, called State of, State of Play. Um, what, what were kind of your overall thoughts on the, on the episode, things that you expected to see that happened, the things that you didn't expect to see that happened? Um, I would say this is by far probably my favorite episode, just to start off. Yeah. Um, I feel like they wrapped everything up really well. Um, I saw everything that I wanted to see, and there were some surprises along the way that weren't overly shocking. Um, I didn't really think they would happen, but it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't one of those where um, I was just like, oh my gosh, what just happened? But. Overall, this was by far, maybe not by far, the reunion with the original Ducks was probably my second favorite, but this one was great. Um, It got the hockey action, and um, there was definitely a very high taste of Mighty Ducks nostalgia in this one. Yeah. Yeah because there were a lot of aspects that you've seen in the original trilogy in this episode. And I think that's what makes it so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we've said this on previous episodes too. If you're not familiar with the original movies, which I mean, you probably are like they're for kids. So like any age can watch them. But, um, but even if you haven't seen the original movies, it's these shows are amazing. Like the episodes are amazing. But if you have seen the movies originally that they're spinning off of, it makes the episodes even more palpable. Like it's yeah. you're, you're watching it and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like almost exactly what happened in the movie, but they're putting their own fresh new take on it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it again, it hits that nostalgia bone in your body, but but also giving you like fresh new content. And it just it it just it's electric like when yeah. it hits. So and this episode was full of that. It was awesome. Um, yeah, as far as like expected things, like I mean everyone knew they were going to have to go against the, the ducks for, you know, in the, in the final round of the tournament. Um, I think the biggest surprise was that that game didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, you know, the last few weeks, what I've been predicting is that they will lose uh, yep. against uh, the ducks, that 
this is the season where they go up against the Ducks. They almost win. They lose by one point in like the last few seconds or whatever, and they don't win. And they have to come back next season and try to improve themselves as people, as players, and eventually come in the second season, actually beat the Ducks. Um, that's not what happened. Um, but it's not fair to say that they won either uh, yeah. in an actual like, you know, what counts like actual play. Like they never played that game. They forfeited the last game. So it wasn't, they didn't lose or win. Yeah. I, and I thought it was brilliant. Like how they were like, you know, like they're subverting expectations in a really satisfying way mm-hmm. where they forfeit the game. And like, I lo- I looked at the clock. I was like, there's 15 minutes left in the episode when they forfeit. So I was like, this can't be the end of it. And of course, when they come back and actually play them, like, I was like, okay, that's, that is a great way of making them neither lose or win the game, but then still get their, like give the yeah. ducks their just desserts mm-hmm. at the end. So what do you think of that whole, like, interplay of of like the forfeit but then also like actually playing it for real and at the ice palace which i thought was such a great venue for that yeah um i really liked that um i mean i think it was much more powerful than beating them on kind of like their own terms than at state yeah because i mean you're just kind of like you see the ducks celebrating there's quote unquote state championship and yeah. it's just like <laughs> oh my gosh and then they show up and you're just like maybe they're just gonna go their separate ways but they really want coach t to be the villain in the show yeah and he just shows up and he just kind of like rubs their nose in the dirt and that kind of brings on the challenge so i mean i thought that was extremely well done um it's kind of very like my ducks the third movie esque where um they had just come off like almost getting their scholarships taken away and then the varsity's ready to play them and so it's kind of got that vibe and of course there has to be like rules for this and what's going to happen if so and so wins and what's going to happen if the other team wins and i mean i think that's what makes this episode so intriguing as well and um like caitlin and i even talked about it as we were watching it um how you had said why are they going to change it to the don't bothers game changers yeah i, I wondered if the the show would change its name going into season two which is problematic because you know just for like seo and like how it appears in disney plus season one season two i was like they can't change the name of the show but they're gonna have to because they're not the ducks like you go into the season realizing that the ducks are the bad guys but they can't call the show by the bad guy name yeah and so when they go to the end and do that the whole bet like hey if we lose we'll go away forever Mm -hmm. and leave the league if we win we take your name i was like that is so freaking brilliant yeah so good yeah i couldn't believe it i was i like in that moment when i was like okay obviously they're gonna win like like once once you make the bets like okay you're gonna they're gonna win i I just like stood up and just applauded i was just like yeah good good on you guys like to to deal this so that season two of the mighty ducks is actually talking about them yeah so and so um i mean the game played out pretty much as i expected um I didn't really think the don't, because usually the Mighty Ducks formula is for them just to get throttled 
to start with. So it was kind of surprising to me that the don't bothers were winning at the end of the they first scored, period. They scored the full, first goal. Yeah. Sam scored it. So. Yeah. So that was kind of surprising to me. But then, of course, Coach T is like, what do you want to be looking for new nicknames? Do you want to be the sea monkeys? And so, I mean, that would just make my day if season two comes around and, and they're the sea monkeys. I don't think he'll go for that, but uh, yeah, that would be really funny if they did that. And then of course the Mighty Ducks pretty much like insert their will on the don't bothers and just start crushing them. And then, so then they're down three to one. Going and they're playing dirty hockey. They're, yeah. they're you know the refs not even watching. You know, oh yeah, like I'm. They like I guess like paid for a ref to come. Yeah, <laughs> to which I mean, it's been seen in the <laughs> My Ducks trilogy. If it's not the Hawks, it's Iceland. Yeah, or the varsity team. So you've seen this where they're they just get throttled in the second period. So they're down three to one going into the third period, and that's where. As many know, the formula for my ducks is there's going to be some emotional speech. And I mean, this is probably the part that I love the most about it when he uh, gives them the old ducks jerseys. Yeah, that's that was a, again, you could use it in a negative term, you could use the word trope or whatever, but it's so good. Like yeah. I, when they when he when he's like holds up a box, I was like, I know what's in the box. Yeah. Like before he even opens it, I was like, I know what's in the bo- box, but I don't care. Like yeah. I don't care that they've done this before because they haven't done it. I mean, these movies came out almost 30 years ago. Like like I love that it feels fresh. Like it's yeah. it's the same thing they did, they did before, but it's it's I still got chills. Like my the hairs on my neck still stood up. Like when and I mean it it would be one thing. Like I would have been like seriously if like they would have put like their last names on them. Yeah. And but I mean it's the original Ducks cast. Yeah. And I mean that was so cool. Yeah, watching Evan uh, skate around in Charlie's old jersey. I yeah. was just like that is gold, man. It yeah. looks so good. And like you and me like when we started, um we talked about like the similarities and I mean we were pretty spot on. Um because Sophie was wearing Banks's jersey. Yeah. Nick was wearing Averman's jersey. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Coob was wearing Goldberg's, of course. Of course. And so, I mean, it was just, I mean, well done. Yeah. And, I mean, I really didn't see it coming. But, I mean, that's probably the best part of the whole episode for me. Yeah. The the fact that it was the actual 90s colors, like yeah. like their actual jerseys, like you want to talk about nostalgia, like you can bring back the the original cast, um, but they're all older. They don't look like mm-hmm. their younger selves anymore, but this was like the actual jerseys that yeah. they wore. And, you know, who knows if it was like the actual ones that they had from the movies or not. I'd, I'd be interested to know if they were. Um, but just the fact that like it's it's it is the literal colors that you've seen in the yeah. movies. Like I was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> that looks, that looks awesome. Yeah. So it was so cool. And then it uh, does kind of make me wonder what's left though. Like, like have they, have they burned up all of the nostalgia in the first season? Like, you know, I, I would say no. Like I, I yeah, think there's, I, there's more I would to say do. There's other stuff to come. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're talking, they probably pulled like one or two things per episode but i mean there's a lot more i would say 
Um, so now you've got ducks versus ducks for the third period. It's, yep. it's the new purple duck color versus the original, you know, yep. or, orange and green. But. So um, they go and they score their little blindfolded gimmick, of course, where they're just feeling. And so that was, and then we get another order up. That's that was my order up is my favorite trick yeah. play that they did. And so then, with thirty seconds left in the game, it's tied at three. And I told Caitlin that there were probably two ways that this will go down. Um, one will be that um, Evan will get brought down and he'll get a penalty shot. Yeah. And he'll famously use the triple deke. Yeah. That Charlie used. I, I thought, for, for a second, I thought, are they going to do triple deke? But then I was like, but they haven't set that up at all. Yeah. Like, they would have to, you know, and back, or backstory it somehow. it was going to be the flying V. And mm. um, as we know, they end up going with the flying V. And Yeah, you called it. I didn't even think about the flying V. Yep. And so they, of course, end up scoring and they win. And they're just going nuts. Oh, I, f- I guess we forgot before they set up the flying V. There's a kiss. I called it between uh, Sophie and Evan, and so the romance has begun. Yeah, on the on last week's episode, I, I said there's going to be a kiss. I yep. I thought it might have been after they won the game, but um, no, yeah, it was expected. Yep. So then they go on and score, and then they're celebrating, and of course, Coach T is not happy whatsoever. And, um, he tries to renege. Like yeah. He- so he tries to step in on the deal and then you think, and then Stephanie shows up and you're kind of just like, well, what's going to happen? But then she's like, a deal's a deal. So now they're officially the ducks. So a couple episodes ago, episode eight, I think it was, was the one where they were like, um, Alex and her were kind of becoming friends-ish, yeah. question mm-hmm. mark. Um, but they, they definitely were like seeing each other for how they truly are and yeah. realized they had more in common than they thought. And I, I, I on that episode, I, I asked, will this pay off in some way? And we didn't know at the time, of course, we were just guessing anyways, but we were wondering like, I was I was wondering if she would show up at the tournament just to like root for the don't bothers whatever and that never happened like she mm-hmm. we never saw her ever she does show up to the ice palace and when she pull when she shows up right behind coach she was like oh here we go like this is the payoff from episode I think it was seven or eight yeah where like you know she's on Alex's side now in the shadows mm-hmm. and like she comes out of the shadows and says you know yeah like I'm on the board I can make that decision yeah so so I mean. That was very cool. And um, then, of course, the final scene is just Bombay bringing out the Zamboni. And then he basically paints on the logo of the Ducks. So it's now official. So Yeah, the Ice Ice Palace, home of the Mighty Ducks or something like that. So it was just so cool. Um, And... I mean, for anybody that's still on the fence with, I love the original trilogy so much. I just don't want to ruin it Yeah. with the show. I mean, I would say the show lived up to expectations. The show is phenomenal. Yeah. And I feel like if you love the trilogy, 
you'll even love this just as much. Yeah, that's a really great point. Like, to someone who loves the original trilogy so much, would you recommend or not recommend? You know, like with other shows, like you might say, I'll, I'll throw out an example, which is not an example that doesn't prove the point, but it, it, it'll it make sense. So like, I love the, the original, let's say I love the original Watchmen movie. Mm-hmm. Well, they made a Watchmen show that yep. came out on HBO or something like that. And it's like, I love the movie so much. I don't want them to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So like, should I even watch the show or is it just going to taint my mm-hmm. opinion of the movie? Right. Well, this is similar to that, but it's like, no, like if you love the movies, you have to watch the show. Like yeah. it's, it's, it is a perfect payoff to everything you love. Exactly. And I mean, yes. Does season two have like some unknowns about what direction they're going to go? Yeah. But I mean, Season one, well done. And I mean, it just kind of continues the trend of how good these Disney Plus original series have been. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I mean, we've, of course, only watched like the big named ones. But I mean, from Mandalorian to WandaVision to Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier to this now. I mean, they've knocked it out of the park every time. Yeah, and High School Musical. Yeah, like I finally saw season one. High School like, Musical's been good. I mean, from day one, like I I can't think of a show that's not been good. Like, yeah, I, it's it's unbelievable. And really, honestly, Netflix was the one that changed this game. Like, straight to video, that phrase used to be a negative. Like, yeah, it used to be like, oh, it's it went straight to the to the Disney Channel. It's you know, some people will like it, but most people will hate it or whatever. And that's just not true anymore. Like I, we, we're living in a world where, even if it doesn't come to theaters at all, like Pixar's revi- um, exclusively uh, releasing Luca, mm-hmm. like their next Pixar movie, yeah. to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's not even coming out in theaters. It yeah. was coming out in theaters, and they they pulled it, and now it's coming to Disney Plus. Does that mean it's going to be garbage? No, it means it's going to be a probably a ninety eight percent on re- on. Yeah on Rotten Tomatoes and it doesn't matter. Like it does not yeah. matter that this is only exclusive to a streaming service because that doesn't mean anything anymore. Like the, you know, straight to video, we don't trust this to release in theaters. Like I know, like I know the series, like TV series can't be released in theaters. Not really, not, not mm-hmm. under the current structure of things, but it's in my opinion, this, this content was worthy of a huge release Yeah, and they have enough subscribers over a hundred million or whatever that it is a huge release for them. But yeah, I mean, I just looked up on Rotten Tomatoes and Game Changers season one. 89%. That seems about right to me. I There there were a couple lulls, a couple things I didn't um, enjoy. They they did the thing again in this finale episode where they just just breeze through the tournament. Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't even feel like you even saw a tournament. You're only seeing like two games really. Um, and the, the other stuff, they're just, I mean, the first game that they play in the episode um, is like 35 seconds long, yeah. like what they actually show you. And I wanted more than that. I really did. I wanted to see their, their journey um, all the way through and not just like the highlights. And I feel like that's really all we got in this season. Does Is is that enough for me to say it's like a five out of 10? No, <laughs> like it's a nine out of 10 for me. Like I, I think they did just about everything perfectly. And the things that I didn't care for or wanted to see and didn't see are not enough for me to say I didn't like it. Like it's, I, this show's honestly one of the best shows you can watch on Disney plus. And you want to take a guess at, what the three scores for the original trilogy were? 
Uh, they're all got to be in the 90s, around 90. What? They're all in the 20s. The original movies? Yeah. No way. 20, 21, and 20. Are you serious? Yeah. That that doesn't make any sense to me. So, I mean... Those movies are great. They are. Really great. So, it is crazy. Wow, sure. why is that? I wonder if that's just because like kids' movies used to have like such a stigma back in the 90s. Yeah. So, the original has a 21%. I don't think if those movies were made today that they would get 20s. The second one's 20%. Yeah, that's weird. The third one's 20%. And then... My Ducks Game Changers, 89%. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I, I, I really, honestly, I chalk that up to just stigma. Like in the 90s, like serious critics, I'm talking like the Roger and Eberts of the world, yeah. like they saw kids' movies as less than. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just don't think that critics these days are doing that as much. Like you see kids' movies, animated movies coming out and they're getting 80s and 90s because they realize, okay, well, it's not maybe for adults, but for kids, this is a blast. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know that they had that same outlook back in the 90s, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, they absolutely love this because, I mean, even compared to, like, Cruella, Cruella currently has a 73%. Yeah, that, we'll get into our review of Cruella, but that, that also seems about right to me, too. Yeah, but. so, I mean, well done, um, to the Mighty Ducks writers, you did a great job, and now let's just get season two to us at ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. I that was my first thought after watching this. The end of the finale episode was like, "When's season two coming out, man?" Yeah, I want. I need it right now. <laughs> so yeah, I I absolutely fell in love with these characters, man. Mm-hmm. I I. I, I knew I liked them even from episode one when they introduced them all one at a time, Laura and Maya, all those guys. But by the end, when they were all doing their speeches, because like it starts with Sophie like delivering like the, the, the captivating speech going yeah. into period three, right? And I kind of thought it would just end there or maybe Bombay would have a zinger at the end or something like that. But it her speech inspires all of them to step up one at a time. Yeah. And so all 10, I guess, I mean, the, the check... <laughs> the checkmates like yeah just say like, we're glad we moved here or whatever but like i mean so eight i mean yeah. pro- proper speeches but like all of them give up stand up and even if it's just a one sentence speech it's still like meaningful because yeah. they're talking about how the don't bothers was more than just a sports team to them mm-hmm. and, and like and if you're like really into like sports and stuff like that you might have even teared up during this scene yeah. because like it the sports especially you as a coach grant like you know this you could tell me this but like coaching is so much more than just being good at a thing exactly i can throw a ball i can swing a racket or whatever it is about improving as a person and as overcoming odds and you know um team togetherness and working together and playing for each other which is one of the things sophie says like it, it, it touched on everything that you've ever heard a good coach say to you as you were growing up and I got the feels. I, I didn't play a lot of sports growing up, but I still got the feels when they were one by one talking about like Coop was like, I used to never leave the house and now I put on pants. And, you know, Evan saying like, you know, this is the, the most amazing thing ever. And I love my mom, you know, for coaching us. And Nick saying like, you know, I have a best friend now. And my, yeah. my and Lauren are saying we have best friends now. It's like, I, yes, I like, yes, yes, yes. Every time that they're saying something, I'm like, yes, I, I agree. I've fallen in love with you guys as well. Yeah, you know, like, for sure. So yeah, bring on season two, man. I cannot wait. Yeah. 
And I mean, my last thing would be, how about Coob singing the national anthem? Yeah, he's so Which, good. I mean, obviously, we've talked about how the person that played him was on America's Got Talent. And right. I can tell you with 100% assurance, that was him singing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, that was awesome, too. Yeah, he held that lo- that last note like a home of the brave. <laughs> like just uh, everybody brave. <laughs> just just like, <laughs> and they're like they're like clapping and they're like, oh, that was amazing. Oh wait, he's he's still going. <laughs> so I mean, that was great. And now my last thing I'm going to say about it is <laughs> just bring on Charlie now. Yeah, that's got to be coming, right? Yeah. Uh, so we go back a, a few episodes ago on our podcast we, where we talked about it, but in the episode where all the ca- all, not all, I, about half of the cast, the original cast comes yeah. back. And um, it's a lot of the characters we wanted to see, Averman, you know, being one of the top ones. But, you know, notably absent was Charlie. And, you know, we won't go through the whole story, but basically the short version is is Charlie just had like scheduling, uh, Joshua Jackson had scheduling conflicts. Um, he had a baby like literally like weeks before they started shooting. And he's like, I can't go up to Canada for a month because COVID was going on. They had a yeah. quarantine for two weeks. So like, he just couldn't make it like he couldn't make it happen. They wanted to put him in season one. So that just leads me to believe like it's going to happen. Like yeah, that's a done sure. deal. It's already in the books. Like they, he absolutely will be in season two. Yeah. When he comes back, how do you think they, they use him? I don't know. Um, it'll be great. One thing you had told me off air, I, th- I believe it was off air. I think we talked about it last episode. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think anything's possible, but like, like it would be awesome if they somehow worked it in that story because the, the story of of Bombay like helping a kid in need like you know at the collegiate level and stuff like that um, was not just mentioned once but twice during the season. Yeah. So it seems like they want to do something with that and maybe even do some like flashback stuff to it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, f- flashing back to like a young a younger Joshua Jackson would be awesome. Like they could de-age him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There, and there are other characters I, th- I think they could bring back too. Like, I, I don't know. You wonder how, how big some of the actors are now, but like, <clears throat> um, you know, bringing Goldberg back or, um, uh, Knucklepuck. Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Keenan Thompson. Like it's Keenan Thompson. So such a big star and like he's in movies and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, they, Disney's made of money. Like they can pay him. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, pay him whatever they need to pay him. Um, especially now that they prove that the season's good, I, I almost wonder how much big actors don't want to like. They're, it's, it doesn't matter what the dollar amount is; they're not doing it because they just don't think it's going to be good. Like they yeah. they only want to be in stuff that's reviewed very highly. Mm-hmm. And now that this one has an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and eh, Keenan Thompson may actually come back for season two. So I feel like he's done much worse before. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, he should not be high and mighty for sure. Um, I love the, um, the stuff between Alex and Bombay was very limited in this episode, which I think it needed to be like, I, I wanted them to focus more on hockey. <clears throat> the fact that there was more hockey in this episode than any episode that we've gotten in the past felt right. Like they're in tournament town. Like they yeah. need to, they need to really hit the ice a lot in this episode. And they, they did that, which means we got less of Alex and Bombay, but um, it was cool like to have them have that quiet moment in the stadium, the, um, whatever that, the, the igloo, the igloo. Minnesota, the igloo. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota igloo, which I tried to look that up. I think they made that up. I don't think that's a real place. Yeah, I think you're right. I, it, it, 
it is clearly some kind of stadium. It might be a, collegi- yeah. a collegiate stadium or something like that um, that they ended up filming in. But yeah, I don't think there's actually anything called the Minnesota Igloo. I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. Um, in fact, I, I, I looked it up before I, I finished the episode. And when I typed the, the words, um, the first Google search results were ending explained for the, and I was like, okay, I, I got to shut this down. I can't, I can't read this right now because I didn't want yeah. to be spoiled. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a real thing, but they're sitting in the Minnesota Igloo together um, you know, in the dark, there's mm-hmm. no, no uh, people in there and just having this really quiet moment of pause, like right before going into the, all the games and everything. And Alex was talking about how going back to episode, I want to say two of the season, she, this really deep cut um, flashback where she talks about how she gave him trophies. Uh, you remember that scene, yep. like at the pizza place or whatever. And before they even played their first game, she was already giving them trophies like most improved or, you know, you know, most energetic or like it was, it had nothing to do with like their actual abilities on the ice. And she said, I did that because I, I, I just didn't think they were ever going to win a, win a game. They needed some kind of recognition from their coach that they were never going to get on the ice. And I thought that was really cool. Like to throw back all the way to the beginning of the season. I'm like, yeah, I remember how bad they were yeah. and look how far they've come. And then, you know, she's talking about, going to law school and becoming a lawyer mm-hmm. and um, Bombay is saying, Hey, I think you'd make a great one. It takes one to know one, that whole thing. Yeah. And so, and then he's talking about the Olympics. I don't know if he's serious about that or not. So it was cool just to kind of see their, their quiet moment uh, outside of the, the ice rink. Yeah, for sure. Um, we kind of, we kind of mentioned it briefly, I guess not, we not, not overtly, but Sophie gets like really damaged in that, oh, yeah. in that like, penultimate game so the 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 second to the last game in the in the tournament is up against the lumberjacks and they're (laughs) the way they talk about these kids is like they're really huge they're like they're like and then alex jumps in lumberjacks yeah (laughs) yeah they're like lumberjacks and it's true like these guys are monsters and they rough them up uh, up really good, which we got that tease all the way back to episode one. You know, this mm-hmm. is, this is a contact full oh, yeah, contact sure. uh, league, and so they get roughed up really bad. And Sophie's knee, you knew that was going to come back at some time, at mm-hmm. some point. It's, yeah. it's it's the Banks thing, right? So like she's Banks in this series, and she takes a, a big hit on her knee. She scores, but flies into the boards, and her yeah. her knee is just destroyed. Like she goes to see the doctor. The doctor's like, you should not play on this unless you want to risk permanent damage and you know everyone's telling her like don't do it don't do it she's like i can't give up on our team and i thought that the reason for that was interesting it wasn't like oh i gotta play to help us score it was if i step down we only have nine players and, yeah. we, and then we're like we're basically not qualified to play yeah in the tournament so because they have to have a minimum of 10 so um and then that awesome scene where like all the players just drop their sticks one at a time i was like yes this is great storytelling like really really emotional stuff yeah so yeah um and then we got the coach claire <laughs> alex is so funny she's like she's like men are stupid but she's like um yeah he's like you know basically you just you just glare at the other coach and whoever lasts longer wins she's like so you just stare at each other <laughs> she's like trying to comprehend like what is this thing <laughs> yeah so um, and we, you didn't even mention the, the quack we got, oh, yeah. we got quack, quack, quack. Uh, they did that twice. They did that, um, when they made the deal, like when they made the, the bargain. Yeah. Uh, and then of course at the very end, you know, they were going to do it. So yeah, it would be cool to see him, um, in jerseys next, uh, next season. Um, 
my guess is that they will either do the exact same jerseys, just replace the name on the back, or they'll do kind of like what Marvel has done with superhero costumes. They'll take, they'll draw inspiration from the comic book, but change it a little yeah. bit to make it their own flair. Uh, they're almost assuredly going to do the same colors is, oh, is yeah. my guess for sure. Um, but it might just be like a, a, a more like modern logo or something yeah. like that. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see them play like whatever the ducks are going to be in the sea monkeys. Yeah. The sea monkeys. Two. Hopefully like, that first game, whenever they play it, like I, I want to see their first game. Like I don't want the, I don't want to wait for them to, to watch them play these guys, yeah. coach T and his, and his team, whatever they're called in season two for like the finale of the show. Like I want like an episode three for them to go up against them and maybe even lose that game. But like, I want to see the tension like right off the bat and just see how like yeah. ticked off they all are. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts on the season or the finale? What a great show. Yeah. Well done. I, I hope that we get it a year from now. Like we, um, mostly because of COVID, but like high school musical, the musical, the series was severely delayed. Like it, I'm sure they wanted to shoot for like just every November, you get a new season of that yeah. show and they couldn't make it. It finally just came out a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I hope like this one isn't like a year and a half from now. Like, I don't know. I know hockey season and everything like that could play a part in the scheduling of it, but I want it sooner than that. Like, yeah, I hope they, they release it next spring. So we shall see. Um, all right, we're going to go into Cruella. Uh, and as I said earlier, we're doing full spoilers on this movie. So if you have not seen this movie, um, this is your chance. You can pause the show, come back to it after you've seen the movie. If you don't care about spoilers, I guess just go ahead. But um, there's several surprises, I think big surprises in the movie. And, um, you know, they're just not going to mean as much to you, in my opinion, if you hear us yeah. talk about it before you go see the movie, uh, you, either in theaters or on Disney uh, premiere. So if you don't care about spoilers uh, or you, of course, have already seen it, uh, then proceed ahead. Otherwise, this is your chance. Go ahead and pause now. We are going to go into spoiler town on this movie. So you have been warned. Um, okay. Um, I guess, I mean, I kind of like the, the conversation about like surprises, like things that we weren't expecting or... Yeah. Um, you know, things that we were hoping to see. It is a prequel movie. So like, you know, things that we were hoping to kind of see set up the events of 101 Dalmatians. And I, I want to say off the, off the bat, I've not seen 101 Dalmatians in at least 25 years, maybe 30. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, I don't really even rem- remember the characters' names. Like you had to remind me of like, like the main like parents of the dogs and stuff yeah. like that. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really even know like what they want, wanted to set up before the events of the movie. I knew obviously it was going to be about her origin story and how she becomes so vicious and that Dalmatians would be involved and maybe we'd get a coat scene and you know, that kind of stuff. But that was about all the expectations I had going into it. I just couldn't even remember the plot of 101 Dalmatians, except that they were trying to protect these dogs from. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I didn't have high expectations as far as the setup, but um, there were definitely some surprises, even you know, even still with my lack of knowledge, and some things that were expected that we got that was I think I think really good payoff. So um, you mentioned that you were kind of like so-so on the movie, like kind of yeah fifty percent, uh, maybe like a five out of ten or whatever. Um, do you want to talk about that first? Or yeah, sure. Um, overall, I thought um, the movie was pretty good. Um, the reason I would give it, I mean, I'd probably give it like a, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes has a 73. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty close to 
probably why I think of it. And I'll give you three reasons why. Um, The first reason is the length of the movie. I felt like it could have been, the runtime is two hours and 14 minutes. And I feel like they could have done it in like an hour 45 or hour 30. Um, There's one part in the movie where you feel like this could be a good ending yeah. for the movie. Yeah. But that, then you still have 45 minutes to go. Yeah. It definitely does the like more than one ending yeah. thing for sure. So I was, I, I, by the way, I saw the running time because I wanted to know how long I would be in the theater and what time I, I would get home to like, yeah. tell my wife. Because um, um, I went to go see this with Grant and then and, and Caitlin and then their families basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so with a group, but I didn't go with my wife or, or kids. So like, they don't have any thoughts on the movie. They haven't seen it, but like, um, I looked at the running time before we went to even got into the theater. I was like, what? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was shocked. I, I thought for sure the movie was going to be like an hour and 40. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one of the things. And then my second thing is, um, I would say for me, Horace kind of stole the show. Yeah. I mean, you feel like, I mean, they get Emma Stone as Cruella and you feel like she's just going to steal the show. And honestly, my favorite character by far was Horace. Um, And for those of you that aren't familiar, Horace is one of the henchmen. And um, he he was just hilarious. Every scene um, he was in, it was just kind of like, what's he going to do? next and he was definitely the comic relief he, for the movie he was almost never not funny yeah like I, he he was just delivering laughs the entire and time just one-liners left and right <laughs> yeah so i mean that kind of knocked it down a little bit more for me and then the third one is obviously we have cruella and she's probably one of like the top five worst villains in disney so you're really expecting to get somebody that's like really evil. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I feel like the Baroness is way more evil than Cruella is. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of fell flat. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Because we've talked about like leading up to this, how if Cruella is going to be super dark, we can't wait to see what they're going to do with like Little Mermaid or a Peter Pan remake because, I mean, you have Ursula, Captain Hook. They both can be really evil. But, I mean, I feel like with Cruella, she kind of got outdone by the Baroness. Yeah, as far as villainy, what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. And so, and then, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is a bad thing, but there really is no hero in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let let me speak to that. The last couple of points that you made, I think are kind of tied together. Um, I think like when, even when the trailers came out, everyone was like, okay, so Disney's doing Joker basically yeah. like the, the Joker movie um, that just came out a couple of years ago. And I would say having watched the movie that, yes, it is similar to that. Like you're talking about a character who starts out not bad and is eventually by the end of the movie, going to be a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that is essentially what the Joker movie did um, in a much more aggressive <laughs> radar kind of way. But, um, and 
in this one, they're they're trying to do that. I think where the differences are is that Joker goes insane and yeah. becomes evil kind of on his own. Like, yes, he. A lot of people are like shouting th- threats at him and insulting him, and and that angers him, and that make has him go off the deep end. But in this one, it is like she is clearly the victim. <laughs> like yeah. like Estella is her actual name. Estella is from the moment that her mom dies that you know she finds out later that Baroness killed her her mom to the point where she figures out that Baroness is actually her her actual birth mother yeah. to the point where she is you know not getting she's a a brilliant like genius really like when it comes to fashion design but never getting her like break com- yeah her break to to do that like she is constantly being victimized 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 and by the end says i'm no longer going to be the victim i'm going to be the one in charge and basically says i'm taking over i'm it's a takeover basically yep. and so it's different it's it's different than joker um i agree with you that it doesn't go full like she doesn't go full cruella deville like yeah. we see her in 101 dalmatians um I don't remember if it was you or someone else I was talking with after the movie, but we're talking about like, so is there going to be a Cruella too? Like, are yeah. we going to see more that shows, you know, how she continues to descend into, into villain stature? Uh, but I don't think so. Like, I, I think this is probably all we're going to get. Yeah. I so, mean, from what I've read, there's two ways or three ways they can go. The first way being just being done with it. Um, which I don't think, that's what Disney's going to do because Disney, mm-hmm. we know, likes to make money. Yeah. So, um, so then the other two routes they have are she could either, um, there's two ways that they're going to play it out. Um, obviously, they set the stage for 101 Dalmatians. So they're either going to go the route of what they did with Maleficent, where they kind of tell it from Cruella's point of view. Or they do, or the other way would be just a full-on reboot where you'll have oh. 101 Dalmatians again. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I think I would enjoy that. I mean, yeah. I, I, it would need it would be neat to see this cast, but in like an actual yeah. retelling. Um, from Cruella's perspective, it would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I feel like almost like the retelling from like the villain's point of view, I almost feel like it kind of makes them like a weaker villain. Yeah. So I would probably just rather have a reboot of 101 Dalmatians if they're going to do it. Yeah. The, so the Joker movie is, you mentioned there's no hero to root for in this movie. And I agree. Um, that, but Joker is the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you're not really rooting for him. Like he's he's a really bad dude. Like, yeah. um, but you, in um, so I'm kind of stealing from Aaron Dicer's review a little bit. So Sip Pop, uh, look it up. Uh, we're part of a um, uh, podcast network with Studio DNA. He his review on on Joker is that like overall like he kind of liked the movie, but he didn't he couldn't go into like I loved it because I, that exact point. Like I like we're made we're being egged on to root for the 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 protagonist in yeah. quotes like he's really at, at best like you know um oh, what do you call it like a anti anti-hero like yeah. you know but he's really like a straight up villain by the end of the movie so like you almost feel bad that you were rooting for him because you know you don't root for the villain so yeah it's it's hard to do these movies right and i think they did pretty good overall but yeah, I th- ultimately, if you're saying like 
we want to root for Estella slash Cruella the entire movie. I don't know that that can be done, like in to make the story that they want yeah. to tell. You know, because I mean, there's parts in the movie where you downright feel awful for Horace and Jasper. Oh, I absolutely did. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really the only like they're they're thieves. I mean, they're they're rotten people that steal yeah. from people, <laughs> steal from good people. But they're her true family. Yeah, and they don't deserve to be treated like they're treated yeah. in this movie. So yeah, it is hard to root for anyone other than Horace and Jasper in those yeah, moments. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but overall, I mean, I like we've talked about every scene with Horace in it was magnificent. It was it was brilliant to make what could have been a dark Joker. I I, I liked the Joker movie um, that came out a couple years ago um, with Joaquin Phoenix. I ultimately thought it needed some kind of light side. Like yeah. I, I, I think I may have told you, you this, I, I, I haven't said this on air, but like I walked out of the, I walked out of that movie depressed. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I was like emotionally drained at the, yeah. end, at the end of that film. I did not feel that way with Cruella though. Like I, there was enough humor and mm-hmm. pizzazz like throughout the movie, yeah. the costume design, the music was amazing. Um, that I, it wasn't a downer of a movie for me like Joker was. Yeah. Um, this one was more like, okay, we're it's, I know we're telling a villain story. And so it, ultimately it's going to have a, um, you know, a, a tragic ending, so to mm-hmm. speak. But, uh, as long as it's fairly lighthearted, I'm, I'm on, I'm in for the ride. And yeah. I think I got that. Yeah, I feel like, because um, I mean, there were like some connections to the Joker movie, but at the end of the day, you got to realize that's Disney. Yeah. So there's still going to be humor. There's still going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And, but I mean, like you hit on it, the soundtrack was excellent. I, lo- I, could, I couldn't believe it. That's dude. one of the things that I loved about it was the soundtrack. Um, Horace was great again. And, um, my favorite parts of the movies were the, or favorite part of the movie, not movies, um, was when it was heist time. Yeah. Whenever they were, it was great. Like in kind of like doing a job. Those were my favorite parts. Like, I mean, I could have done without, like, I mean, I understand that Cruella is all about the fashion industry. So I could have done without that. But whenever they were in heist mode, I mean, it was comical. And yeah. like when Horace dressed his dog up as this oversized rat, I mean, that was probably one of the funniest scenes yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah, you and I were just laughing out loud. Yeah. And this was most, most of the theater. Like it was it was uproarious, like yeah. how funny he was at times. Um, so, and, and I think we needed those moments to like just, okay, like get over the pain and the anguish that she's yeah. going through. And her descent into madness like there's a lot of things going on that yeah. you, you could be depressed about and then you you look at Horace dressing up his dog like a rat and you're just like okay that's funny yeah <laughs> and then like even when they're sent to basically like trash the Baroness's like work studio yeah and how they just like topple over these mannequins <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> I love the line where he's he's in the they're doing surveillance or something like that. And we're just waiting in the van and he, he's a <laughs> Horace just turns to Jasper. He's like, do you ever, uh, you ever notice how dog owners look a lot like their dogs? <laughs> it's like, okay, you idiot. Like, that's so funny. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't even know how stupid you are. Sometimes. And then his dog has an eye patch. And so he literally <laughs> covers his eyes and he's like, don't you see the resemblance? 
<laughs> and he calls his dog Wink. Cause, yeah. Because he only has one good eye. Um, yeah. And then the, the whole a- the angle thing yeah. that he keeps going on about. like. So I, what's the angle? <laughs> I give you the angle. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's great. Um, yeah. Like I... I mean him, like him. I mean Jasper's really good too. He's not as funny, obviously, but um, th- those characters I think really kind of make a lot of the um, uh, relationship stuff happen in the movie. Without yeah. them, there's not much there. And I to see another movie with the three of them together, I actually like. I'm kind of intrigued to see that, like, because yeah. uh, I, I think they played off each other really good. Um, yeah, I. So I want to go back to. Um, the two Emmas in the okay. movie. So yep. Emma, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson. Um, they, the only reason we have to root for Emma Stone, and I think they did this on purpose, was to give us someone worse than her. Yep. So like Emma Thompson is so villainous. I mean, she's oh, yeah, like, for sure. She's almost like in an unbelievable way. Like would any person ever be this, this terrible? You know, there are people like this out there in mm-hmm. the world. I have not met one, but like I'm sure yeah. that they exist. But like she, um, the way she like tears down like the men around her with her words and like she can be so cutting like just with a statement like just, it's just vitriol and vile that just comes out of her mouth all the time Yeah, that you're like, okay, well, Estelle is not that bad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Like she's, she's becoming bad during the course of the movie, but she's also been trampled on by this horrible, horrible woman Yeah, uh, as has everyone that's in her, in her wake. And so, yeah, it's, it, I, 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 to, to me, like you say, Horace stole the show. I think he did like from a comedy standpoint and just an entertainment standpoint, as far as like the, like the villainous, like, like horrible horribleness. I think Emma Thompson kind of stole the show. Yeah. And that's not to say that I didn't like Emma Stone's performance. Cause I actually really do like her performance in this, but um, Emma Thompson is just on another level. Like she yeah. is, she is, um, just a force every time she's on screen you're just like look out for this woman she is going to destroy you um and so i really liked the 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 best serious non-funny scenes in the movie were just that when the two of them were on the screen together yeah um their tension and you know how they were like you know attacking one another but in a like subtle kind of way Mm -hmm. like not in the overt was I think just genius writing for, for one. And then the performances were just so good. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's kind of where like all the critics kind of dinged this movie. So to say where Emma Thompson was more of a villain than Emma Stone. Yeah. I could see that. And cause I feel like a lot of people really wanted to see just how dark Disney could go Yeah, with the Cruella character. Yeah, and I feel like they felt that uh, the Baroness was a lot more dark than Cruella. Yeah, yeah, it's just not the story they wanted to tell. I guess um, I, you know, whether that story would have been better or worse, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think the story they wanted to tell was how she is made to be a villain because of being trampled on by somebody else, and how she, in a really um, uh, like in a backwards kind of way, she ends up becoming the person that she's trying to destroy yeah. mm-hmm. and how like as, as, as ironic as that sounds like, why would, why would you destroy someone and then become that person? You see it all the time in yeah. the world. Like, I think that's a real, a true to life story, like what yeah. we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, was it what, what critics were wanting to see? I guess not. I guess they wanted to see Cruella 
just become villainous on her own, you know, by some other kind of outside force, I guess, and then destroy someone that's ultimately a good person. But I actually kind of enjoyed watching her take down this. She, I mean, she is like a, um, like she owns a kingdom of, of just like fashion designers and she controls that whole world. And like, she wants to be a fashion designer herself, but she can't because this, this, you know, empire has been yeah. built by this woman and she's not allowing anyone else in the space. And mm-hmm. so she's like, Oh, I'm just going to invade the space then. Yeah. And sh- the whole like Krill is the future and all that kind of stuff. Like I just really enjoyed her, like just taking control and taking over her empire. Um, yeah. so I thought that was cool. Um, I agree that, that she doesn't become as villainous as she probably should have by the end. Like even when she's undermining the people that are working with her, her friends her family, um, and even when she is being uh, really vicious towards Emma Thompson's character, I, I really feel like she could have been even more of a villain at the end, but that would have made the movie even longer. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, and you kind of get to the um, point where um, she shows up with the coat of Dalmatian spots and you think she's finally arrived. Yeah. She's killed the Baroness's dogs, yeah. you know, she's finally off that iceberg yeah. and we're going to get straight on villain. And then you go and find out that she actually didn't kill the dogs. I think she should have killed the dogs. Yeah. I, I do. I do think that like when, when Baroness says that, you know, that big line at the end that um, she killed my dogs and made a coat. Um, I, I thought, okay, this is, finally she's finally lost it like she's finally gone off the deep end when you realize that the dogs aren't dead that she spared their lives i was like okay well that's that's not what i was hoping for yeah but then the payoff at the end where she ends up dying in the same way that her mom died that felt poetic so i i kind of went back and forth on that a little bit but yeah um that that spins me off into a question a a topic i wanted to bring up and this seems like a good uh, place to put it I don't know. I'm not entirely sure why this movie's PG-13. Yeah. So I, we were excited for PG-13. Like when we when we watched the trailer mm-hmm. together, and there there's that PG-13 splash at the end. We're like, yes, this is awesome. Like, I'm so glad it's not PG. And I thought what we were gonna get was you know more violence, maybe some language, you know, just you know a little bit here and there, and just like really like nasty stuff. And I don't know that we got hardly any. Like the only yeah. person that dies in the entire movie is her mom, yeah. and they don't even show it. Like, and I'm not like I'm not saying like I want blood and gore. I'm yeah. just saying like like it's she just like falls off a cliff, mm-hmm. and you see her descend into like the the fog or whatever. Yeah. And so like you assume she's dead, but they don't show it. There's almost no language in the movie. I I I think there was one. D word maybe I, I don't they really said, remember they said they said hell at one point but yeah. I mean that was kind of it um so there was no language to be to, to you know to even be known um there's almost no blood in the movie at all yeah um there's um there's no like anything in the way of like sex or drugs mm-hmm. um there's only one moment where someone gets drunk and that's just Emma when she like but it's perceived drunkenness. You don't actually see her like walking around drunk. Yeah. Like she's starting to get a little tipsy and then she, she passes out and you yeah. assume it's because of the alcohol and that's about it. I, I don't know why this movie was PG 13. I, can you think of anything that I'm missing that? I think it's just kind of like the darkness the, the, aspect. Yeah. 
the topic and, of it. And I mean, I don't really think Disney wants like younger kids seeing this movie. Yeah. I mean, I I just feel like the just I don't know the, the darkness aspect. Yeah, the thirteen is more of like a stay away. Kind yeah. Kind of note. Um, I was I was interested that. I would be very interested to see like the MPA, MPAA, the Motion mm-hmm. Picture Association of America, like why why they thought they had to append thirteen to, yeah. the, to the sticker, like because um, I I just didn't see it. it this is the softest PG thirteen movie I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that's that's easier to watch for, you know, I like you know, you do what you want with your own kids, whatever. Like I, I there are a lot of PG 13 movies that we're probably not going to let Jordan watch until she's, yeah. until she's 13. This is not one of them. Like I, I would let her watch this before she was 13 for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you should take your kids to see it, I mean, everyone's judgment is going to be different, but in my opinion, it's, it's, it's a very, very light PG 13. So yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I enjoyed just the backstory stuff that we, I didn't, I didn't know that we were going to get like the, you know, maybe you could have uh, made the movie shorter by cutting some of this stuff out. But I actually really enjoyed like watching her as a little kid. Like, mm-hmm. like Emma Stone doesn't really set set foot on the scene in the movie for like 15 minutes. It's, it's, yeah. it's a long time before we even get her as an adult. And she is like born with this hair. Like she has like half yeah. white, half black hair. It's like, just like a genetic thing. Yeah. And, um, she, we don't know that her, what her, you know, true birth mother is until towards the end of the movie, but it goes back and shows us some of that too. But yeah, she, from the very beginning, like her mom in quotes, like the, her adopted mom basically is telling her like, there's a dark side inside of you. And she, she knows why, because she knows that, you know, Baroness is her Mm -hmm. mom, but like, you know, genetically you have to fight the Cruella that's inside of you and be Estella. Like you have to be this good kid, but she never wants to be like growing up. She's always been the bad kid. She's always expelled. She wants to be a fashion designer, but no one will take a chance on her because she's so, um, you know, rebellious and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so I, I enjoyed, um, kind of seeing all that stuff. And then, um, she really kind of flips when her mom, she watches her mom's death and then, uh, runs off and then basically falls in with thieves like Horace and Jasper take her in and become her new family. And then that basically the whole rest of her bringing up is, you know, this, it skips forward at that point, but you just kind of assume that she's, you know, not like not educated anymore. And just like basically just living on the lamb, like just, you know, stealing from whoever they can. So, um, I liked the, you talked about the high stuff. Like I liked the, the, the scenes early on when they were like just, you know, stealing wallets out of people's pockets on the, on the subway or bus yeah. or whatever. And, um, how it showed, like how they worked that into the story. Like at first I was like, okay, well, okay, she's bad. Like she's a bad person. And then maybe that's all we're going to get out of this. And then it's like, no, like once we find out that she, it wants to infiltrate Baroness's whole empire and, is like working for her, then they realize that she has the necklace. Like, like mm-hmm. Baroness has like stolen the necklace off of her mom's neck or whatever. Like she, the, the, the whole like being really good at thievery becomes into directly into the middle of the plot because yeah. she needs them to help her pull off these heists and to steal and, um, and get stuff from, from them. So can you explain one part to me of the movie? Cause I, I think I, I kind of like glossed over or I was um, I was doing something with my food or something like that or taking notes. I can't remember. But like, so the one part I didn't see in the movie and it was unfortunately a, a pretty crucial part. 
that one of the dogs swallows the necklace? Yeah. Okay, when did that happen? Um, whenever they officially realize that they're going to steal the necklace from her. Um, so Emma Stone grabs the necklace off of her whenever all that chaos is ensuing with Horace and okay. everything. Yeah, I saw that. And part. then she tosses it to Buddy and her dog. And so Buddy is running around and then Buddy is being chased by the Dalmatians. And then all of a sudden, one of the Dalmatians knocks her over or Buddy over and eats the necklace. On purpose, like he... Well, I think he was trying to retrieve it, and then in the chaos, accidentally swallows it. It went down. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah, I missed that whole part. Yep. And so, like, like it's pretty clear later on, they're talking about, like, you know, it's, it's you know, it went in, it's got to come out at some point, and yep. then they're having the dog go poop, and then, like, scanning the, the poop yep. with, with, like, a metal mm-hmm. detector and everything. So, I, I got the I got the gist of it, but I didn't see how it actually happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah... I like the 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 scenes. I think to me that were the most powerful as far as like subverting her from within were the the Cruella when she turned into Cruella and had the mask on, and she, nobody knows her true identity, but she's showing up in these like huge dresses. I mean, there's one. There's like a dump truck that sh- yeah. that pulls up up, and you think it's just trash that like falls out, mm-hmm. but it's all part of her dress, and the, her dress is like thirty feet long. Like, yeah. I, I loved those parts and we saw it in the trailer. So it was kind of spoiled for us, but when she lights her dress on fire and it's, it's at the black and white ball or whatever. And it, no one's supposed to be wearing any color yeah. at all. Like they, as you're walking in, they say, please take that off. It's, it's too colorful. Mm-hmm. So everyone's wearing black and white. She lights her dress on fire and it's just, I mean, it's like the most colorful dress you've ever seen in your life. It's yeah. like rose red. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then setting the rats on, the place and everyone's screaming for their lives and running yeah. in terror. Like those, those scenes were the, the most energetic fun scenes to watch. Um, just the excitement of it. So, um, let's see. I like, I, I'm talking generality again. Um, I, I like, I like the idea that like I was with any movie that I watch, I'm trying to look for like the theme or the, like what's the moral of the story? Like what do we, where do we yeah. get out of it? And it's harder to do with this movie because ultimately you are essentially kind of rooting for the villain. But um, to me, it's about um, corporate changeover. Like, like in, during the course of the events of this movie, Baroness is seen as old and has been an old news. Like everyone thinks that she's, you know, a goddess like she can yeah. do whatever she want and no one can touch her and then all of a sudden this new person steps on the scene and she is in, like ultimately the hotness and yeah. everyone wants to know who she is and all the articles are now about her and they you know the photographers are there to take pictures of baroness but they turn all their cameras on Corella and it's about this um you know she's rock and roll and and baroness's old old husband you yeah. know um change you the guard yeah yeah, for me, it was about, um, it's a revenge story, ultimately. I mean, that, that's that's what they wanted to tell. But I, I think what I got about it was like um, public image and corporate takeover and like controlling the public's eye. Like, uh, Corella is not just trying to be a replacement for Marinus. She wants to be, she wants to be the one that's controlling the media. Almost. Yeah. Like, she wants to say like, no, don't pay attention to her. Pay attention to me. I am the one that's important here. Yeah. Um. And that was unique. I like. I. I don't know that I'd seen 
it's been a while if I've seen a movie like that. And I, I don't see everything that's out there. So, I, you know, maybe there's like Oscar nominated movies that have come out in the last couple of years. I just haven't seen, but it was, it was unique. I think to me to see something that was so corporate focused, which is ultimately about one human's revenge story. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. I like the rock and roll scene where they're like literally like get their guitars out and like have like a concert in the middle. Yeah. And, and then like, the only thing that's in the press the next morning is, is, you know, how awesome Cruella is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about Artie at all. He's, he's, he's not much of a character. He's, yeah. he's kind of in the background for the most part, but um, I thought he was well acted, well played. Uh, and he kind of becomes this um, kind of just kind of assistant and, you know, kind of backs them up when, when they're needed. Yeah. Oh, we, we haven't talked about, um, I mean, probably one of the biggest side characters is the uh, butler yeah. guy. Um, I was trying to look up what his name was because I, I don't know. The, did they ever give him a name? <laughs> um, is it John? Oh, John. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mark Strong plays him. Um, yeah. He's like a assistant butler valet kind of kind of person. And you think that he's on Baroness's side the entire time. But then the backstory comes out that like he's known Baroness so long that he was actually there for like Estella's birth mm-hmm. and was like, I mean, Baroness is so evil. She wanted the child killed. Yeah. Like in a, like a, you know, Christmas, um, Jesus being <laughs> killed yeah. by, um, you know, like, like she wants that baby to go away. Like she never wanted to be pregnant to begin with. And she basically wants the child dead. Like as mm-hmm. soon as she gives birth to it. And then he says, oh, okay, I killed the, the child, but then basically just steals her away. And so like, the whole time he knows exactly who she is, but has kind of been like staying out of it. But then when she's actually going to get killed for real, like yeah. when they set the, when she sets the building on fire, um, then, you know, that's his chance to jump in and kind of save the day. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely plays a vital role in this. So, I mean, I liked his character and, uh, um, Yeah. I liked the role that he played in this movie. Yeah, I th- I thought the whole cast was really good. I I didn't see a weak actor like in any of the yeah. stuff that they were doing. Like all the all the acting is really 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 good. Whether you wanted this cared for the story or you know where the the lines that they were meant to deliver, I don't know. But I th- I thought the ri- the writing was actually really smart. The way that it like the cutting <clears throat> remarks made from every character I thought was really good. Um, they got really s- straight to the point. Um, I agree that the movie was too long, um, but I don't think that was because of the, um, like, I think the action set pieces, there were too many of them and yeah. and those scenes were very long. Um, but I thought the writing actually was some of the strongest parts of the movie. So, um, and we talked about the soundtrack a little bit already, but <clears throat> dude, it's amazing. Like I was, I was, I was literally like on fire, like with almost every song that they did. Um, they did Stone Cold, Stone Cold Crazy by Queen, which is one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. um, from them uh, when she goes crazy. Uh, they did uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go, um, uh, Come Together. Um, but These like the, boots are made for walking. Yeah. Um, you, you got The Clash. You've got, it's all 70s for the most part. Super Tramp, Bee Gees. Uh, it was just like Tina Turner. It was it was it was hot like the entire time. Uh, there's only one like more modern um, song that they played. And I don't remember what that one was, but like for the most part, it was like the doors and like, st- like awesome, like really 
like you wouldn't necessarily even know all of the song's titles, but like yeah. you've heard the song before, and it just the, everything like the even the like when the place is going up in flames, they're playing like fire and stuff like that. Like they're they're the songs. This is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. That the soundtrack is purposeful. Yeah. Like it actually makes sense for what you're watching. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like the soundtrack was. Probably one of the best parts of the movie. It was amazing. Uh, and costumes. I, I absolutely... I don't think there's any way this doesn't get nominated for best costume design. Yeah, um, you're probably right. In the next award season. So whether it wins or not, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what comes out later this year. But I mean, come on. Like the movie is literally about fashion design. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I think, you know, uh, my wife was talking about the movie. She hasn't seen it, but I was kind of telling her a couple of things. And she's like, is this basically The Devil Wears Prada? And I said, it is very similar to that movie. And like the, the, this is kind of Disney's The Devil Wears Prada um, in the same way that that movie is centered around fashion design and a lesser known subverting, you know, a, a more known person. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar uh, uh, plot design. But I think in that same way, like the costume design will be really focused on in this one and it'll definitely get nominated. I don't know if it'll win, but yeah. So, Yeah. I, I I don't I'm interested to see what the budget was. Um, let me see if I can look that up here. Um, they think the budget was wow, that's a wide range, 100 to 200 million. <laughs> that's I don't know why they it's so wide. Um, I think it's closer to 200 million. They spent a lot of money on this movie, and I think that's why they they needed to get it back. Um, we're, we're recording this on a Saturday, like just a couple days after it early, was released on Thursday, and um, it's made 7.7 7 million. My guess is it makes closer to. 15 or 20 million by the weekends. Yeah. Um, they hopefully they make a lot of money off of the premier access. And of course just Disney plus in general, but, um, they spent a lot of money on this thing. Like not just the costumes, the, the sets and the, uh, all the animal work. I mean, a lot, I'm sure a lot of the animal stuff was CGI, but yeah. they had real animals in there. They had that castle house that Baroness lives in is mm-hmm. like this amazing thing that's on the side of this, cliffside type of thing yeah. like i'm sure they that was not cheap to to rent out for a couple months so uh yeah they spent a lot of cash and the, just the actors i mean emma stone emma, emma thompson they don't come for cheap so mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's you're definitely this is one movie that you're definitely like just watching the money on screen so yeah for sure cool that's about all i had on Corella. yeah any, any last thoughts um i mean i would just say one last tie back about um her not killing the dogs i feel like that just shows disney's intentions about what they're going to do i mean i feel like that kind of they're putting that plot into motion Hmm. to where there will be a sequel oh yeah yeah that's a good point i i don't know that i want a sequel um i i guess that they have more story to tell or they or they make a compelling case for like, this is what we want to to show her further descent into madness or whatever. Um, I'd be down for that, but, um, I feel like I got most of my questions answered. Like they, we even got to see Pongo at the end, yeah. and like, like, you know, the dog characters. Um, so I feel like they did a pretty good job getting us to the, the entry point, but yeah. Um, so I mean, I don't think you introduced Roger and Anita and Pongo and Perdita if you're not going to go further. Yeah. Yeah. It w- if they do another one, it would, it would, it would need to like introduce those 
like make Roger and Anita more like central to the cast. Like they were very periphery in this yeah. one. Um, I mean, Anita more so than Roger, but Roger was basically just the lawyer that, yeah. you know, that got burns and fired and all that. But yeah. Um, what else are you watching on Disney Plus? Uh, anything else I on? mean, we watched the episode for High School Musical this week, but oh yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, I have not seen that yet. I thought I actually, yeah, I was going to watch it last night and it didn't. So yeah, I actually haven't seen that one, that one yet. Um, we might talk about some high school musical maybe next week. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe every other, every other episode or something. Um, I've been watching, uh, the bad batch, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, um, this week's episode to me was the weakest one that they've done. Um, it wasn't a bad episode. I, I don't, I honestly don't know that Dave Filoni is, is really going to put out a lot of bad episodes. Yeah. He's, he's so good at what he does, but, um, he, uh, this one is a filler. Like they, there's not, the main plot doesn't really get advanced and they basically just go on a mission real quick and get something done so that they can get some Intel that they needed. And that's the, that's the episode. So, yeah. um, there is like one, I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there is like one cameo character that you've seen from the movies that shows up and it, okay. it is not, I guarantee you, like, if you're listening to this and haven't seen it yet, it is not the one you're thinking of. Like, it is it is a character that is very, very minor, um, but was I've never seen it in anything like this. Um, so, okay. so that was kind of cool. But uh, it's definitely um, definitely a, a a lower like impact kind of episode. So, uh, let's talk about what's coming out to Disney Plus this week. Um, this is for. Um, Let's see. No, for next week. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already know the stuff that came out this week. So yeah, this is for Friday, July or uh, June fourth. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon is coming out June fourth. So mm-hmm. if you're not uh, taking uh, part of that through Disney Premier Access, um, I, we encourage you to see it. Um, I I loved it. Um, we both liked it a lot. Um, you can go back and hear our review back in March when it originally yep. released. Uh, we saw it on Disney Premier, and then and then did a you know full spoiler review on it. So if you've been waiting to listen to that review to actually watch the movie, this is your chance. It comes out uh, this next Friday as you're as you're hearing this on June fourth. Uh, definitely watch it. It's it's fantastic, and uh, your kids will really really enjoy it. So uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, uh, High School Musical t- continues on with episode four. Uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch has episode six. Um, they're about uh, about a third of the way through their season. Uh, Big Shot number uh, episode eight comes out. Um, this Friday, Marvel Studios Legends is adding another one. So you knew this was coming. I mean, they're going to uh, prep us for Loki as much as they can. So uh, Loki is not coming out next Friday, but it is coming out the following Wednesday um, after Friday, which is different. I mean, Disney Plus has not done a Wednesday release before, as, as far as I know. So um, the Loki episodes are coming out on Wednesdays throughout June and July. And uh, they're obviously going to catch you up on, you know, here's everything about Loki that you need to know before going into the show. So that's almost certainly going to be, you know, a seven or eight minute episode. Which those have been good to catch you up on what's happened with these characters. I've enjoyed them so far. Can you imagine not watching like the Sharon Carter? Yeah. Uh, Like there's, there are some characters that haven't been focused on very much. And Loki obviously has been a main character, but he's also been a side character in a few movies. And there's some things that happened that you probably don't remember. So everyone remembers what he did in Endgame, but like, Mm. you know what, it's going to catch us up on like his character and what some of the dirty deeds that he's done. You mean Infinity War? He was in Endgame. Oh, I thought it was Endgame where he picks up the Tesseract. No, he dies in Infinity War. Uh, Oh, 
He picks up the Tesseract in Infinity War? Oh, I, I guess when they're going back in time, yeah. he's in that part. Yeah, I mean the 2012 version yeah. of Loki. Yeah, it's such a it's such such a short scene, but like you have to you have to know see that scene to, for Loki to make sense because yeah. like you know otherwise he's not where he is with the the whole uh, time variance authority or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, uh, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted, Texas, comes out <laughs> on Friday. I didn't even know that this was a thing on Disney Plus. Uh, Gordon Ramsay journeys to the wilds of South Central Texas and meets some tough, gritty characters to learn what it means to be from the Lone Star State. Kind of different for Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Um, Disney Amphibia season two. This is an animated show. Um, I guess I'm guessing season one has already been out, but season two. This looks current. Um, that's what that's what my guess would be. This is the time of year where we get the stuff that is like just wrapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a current show. So like season two probably just wrapped on this on the Disney Channel. Yeah. And so we're getting like the full season drop on Disney Plus if you've missed missed that show. So or don't have, you know, the Disney Channel. Um, same thing with um Muppet, Muppet Babies. I, I think I've talked about this before, but they are like they have like a new Muppet Babies. Okay. It's um the it's like CGI. It's it's not like a, a flat like you know, drawn mm-hmm. show like the original series is actual like CGI characters like Doc McStuffins that yeah. kind of show. So, um, but they they look like puppets. Like they 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 CGI them with like dots all over their face, like a puppet. Okay. So, like um, Jordan loves that show, and she'll be very enthused to see season three coming to Disney Plus. Um, another Fox property that they're bringing over Friday, Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Huh. Um, they've had the other Ice Age movies on there, I think. Okay. Um, but probably the contract expired with Netflix or whatever, whoever <laughs> had it before. So Dawn of the Dinosaurs is coming out on Friday. Um, okay. Now this was when I had to look up. I actually did look this up before the show. Us again. It's a, um, all it says as far as the caption, I've not watched it. It says a couple rekindle their passion for life and each other on one magical night. And it's, it's a short, it looks like a Pixar short, like the way that it's drawn, but I think it's just Disney animation studios. But it's called Us Again. It's almost certainly like seven or eight minutes long. Um, they said, um, so I looked it up and I was like, and then I saw reviews and like the reviews were pretty good. They were like eight out of 10 and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, this really meant a lot to me. It really helped me heal from, you know, past traumas in my personal life, relationship mm-hmm. life and all that. And I was like, how have people seen this thing? Like it doesn't even come out until June 4th. They said that it was attached to Raya and the Last Dragon. Did, did you even hear about this? Like we we paid for Ryan the Last Dragon, but like they made it sound like it was like um you know when you go see a Pixar movie and they have like a Pixar short yeah. before you see the actual Toy mm-hmm. Story movie that that's what this sounds like, but it didn't play like at the beginning of Raya. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, but somehow people have seen it, so okay. we probably are, have had access to it for the last three months. But I just didn't know. So anyway, um, so a lot of people have seen it already, and apparently it's really good. So um, I will probably give that one a watch. I've, you know, like I said, probably had access to it for three months, but uh, it is coming out to everyone uh, the same day that Raya comes out. And uh, the last thing is uh, another, this is a fairly big one, not one that necessarily everyone loves, but uh, another Fox property, X-Men Origins Wolverine. So if you want to see Deadpool, not being the Deadpool that you know and love from the Deadpool movies, uh, check maybe check out X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, I remember seeing that movie. I liked it. I like it gets a lot of hate nowadays. Yeah, because of how good the 
actual Deadpool movies are. Um, and Deadpool, like Ryan Reynolds in this movie is given almost nothing to do. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird movie when you've already seen the Deadpool movies. Mm -hmm. But at at the time when it came out, I actually didn't hate it. Like, I think it's actually got some pretty good set pieces and shows, shows answers a lot of questions about the Wolverine. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So that is it for, for then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Loki's coming out the following Wednesday, but we'll remind you about that on our next episode. It still won't have been out um, by the time the, ne- the next time we record. So, um, all right. Uh, we have kind of an odd, like off week next week where yeah. there's like, there's no more Mighty Ducks game changers. Of course there's high school musical, uh, the series that's coming out next Friday. And, but we're still waiting on Loki. So like we have like two more weeks before we can talk about Loki. Um, did you want to cover like a movie or something like that? Let's do something that ties in with Loki. Okay. So either Marvel, let's do either one of the Thor. Have we done Ragnarok yet? We've not like covered just Ragnarok. No, let's do Ragnarok. Okay. That's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. Okay. Is Ragnarok cool? I yeah, because I, I, that's a great idea. Because I I will definitely be watching the Marvel Legends like catch you up thing. Yeah. But the, those are good, but they're so fast. Like you mm-hmm. almost have to watch it twice to get everything. Yeah. Um. I I would I would much prefer, I mean much like I did for the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I went back and watched the actual movies that prepped yeah. that show, mm-hmm. and I I definitely prefer doing that over the Marvel Legends thing. Yeah. Um. So and I. I, my memory is so bad that if it's been a several years since I've seen a movie, I don't, I remember half of it or less. Yeah. So. I mean, he's a minor character in Ragnarok, but I mean, yeah. he's in it. So, I mean, I love that movie. Yeah. It'll definitely be referenced in probably the show. Um, if not, definitely in Marvel legends. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I would love to watch that movie again. I've only seen it once and it's yeah. one of my favorite Marvel movies. So, um, okay. So let, let's do that. Well, next week we'll talk about, the last, uh, well, by then, what will have been the last couple episodes of High School Musical, the series, and uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I, I think that'll be good, and then we'll get into some Loki stuff after that. Sounds good. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about on the podcast, or send us your own review of something you watch on Disney+. Plus. We'd love to include you. Uh, just email us at DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. That's P-L-U-S, all spelled out, DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. We will see you, uh, talk to you more next week for High School Musical, the series, and Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm.